baseball. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was a kid in Georgia during that then of child murders. My mother used to work in Georgia. So I was down there when he was a star. I had his picture on my wall. Yeah, I remember those Atlanta kids. He was unstoppable. He was like Jim Brown on the college football field. He was really unstoppable. Like, he used to do things that you thought were impossible, you know. But And now he's doing things that are all too possible and probably shouldn't be done. Are you ready now? <laughs> yeah, let's go. You're listening to WKMD, 1480 AM, Windsor, Hartford. W248CR, 97.5 FM, Windsor. This is the Jamal Show. Is Alright, let's try to make sure our levels are even me and heads too. Yeah. Because sometimes it comes out louder. Alright, good morning. Good morning and congratulations once again. I say good morning and congratulations once again for making it here with us into this moment. You've made it through yet another evening, another tribulation, another challenge, and yet you haven't been unlucky enough to have some event prevent you from being here in the present. So congratulations on that. This brings me, as always, to remind you that not everyone has had your good fortune today. In particular, I want to send a shout out to the families of three young Americans who just died in Mexico City. Three young black people. Mac, did you hear about this? Yes. There seem to have been a bunch of people recently killed from carbon monoxide poisoning while on vacation. Now, you're a doctor, right? So you know that carbon monoxide is colorless, odorless. And because of those attributes, it can suffer you rather quickly. It can kill you rather quickly if there's not if there's too much carbon monoxide in the air. Right. So people are traveling to places that aren't well regulated when it comes to the control of poisonous gas. And carbon monoxide is so dangerous that they call it the silent killer. People use it to die by suicide, in fact. So when they lock themselves in garages with a winning car, that's what they're breathing in is, is carbon monoxide. So now, once again, three promising young adults have died while at a hotel in Mexico City or Airbnb because somehow carbon monoxide leaked into the room. Isn't that a shame? On October 30th, Candace Florence, Jordan Marshall, and Cortez Hall were found dead at a Mexico Airbnb. Excuse me, Mexico Airbnb. All were in their 20s and 30s. It was found that the boiler in the apartment was deficient. And when the hot water was turned on, the boiler released carbon dioxide, monoxide, excuse me. So when someone took a shower, they all died. And that was it. Life can slip away that quickly. Which is why I was just thinking, for my first public service announcement, we should all get portable carbon monoxide detectors. I've heard about that before, but this happens a lot. I was looking on Amazon, and you can get one for as little as 25 bucks. And from now on, I'm going to carry on when I travel. I'm going to learn from their tragedy, and I want you all to do the same. But I'm not here to tell you what to do. No, sir. No, ma'am. No, they. I can advise you, but other than that, I know how to stay in my lane. So let me see. I need, I need, I need toothbrush. I need vitamins. Uh, I need and something to protect your life. Condoms. Uh. Sooner or later, you will need to go. Well, not for you. You don't need condoms, but bring okay. some for, along for a friend of yours. <laughs> Add the fact that I'm a lawyer, and, and, and you'll understand that I always have to watch my step when I advise people, because I have to advise people in a way that lets them know that they are still the boss. And I know that they're the boss, 
And they know that I know that they're the boss. And there's no question because the boss is the one who pays me. So they got to know that and feel comfortable with being in the ultimate, being the ultimate decision maker, so to speak. But even if you're not a lawyer, you must respect people's boundaries, especially when they are clear about their boundaries. Please allow me to illustrate what I mean. So I have an ex-wife, like many men. I won't tell you her name, but you can assume that she's beautiful and smart because, of course, I married her. And she left you. Yeah, yeah, I was going to get to that part. Married we are no longer, so you were premature. And I know that's reality. I know that's really hard to believe, though, because there's so many ladies out there who must be thinking, who would be crazy enough to get divorced from Jamal? Well, be shocked. It happened. But our failed marriage was not enough to keep us apart as friends, even though we do have some distance between us. We share a child, so that helps. To make a long story short, there came a night a few years ago when I was in her neighborhood, still divorced, a little intoxicated, something that Dr. Mack finds simply unbelievable. I, I can't believe it. He wants me to take a lie detector test on that one. <laughs> anyway, back to the point. I must have really been drunk because I called my ex-wife at like 3 in the morning and I asked to crash at her place. And I was actually surprised when she said no. I was surprised. And I was a little bit pissed off, which shows you how much I should have not have been driving that night. But that was my decision to do so. It wasn't her decision to do so. And I had to respect her boundaries. Those boundaries don't mean that she doesn't love me. Of course she has love for me. But her boundaries represent how far down the path of craziness she could go with me on that particular evening. She was letting me know ahead of time as a way to prevent chaos in the long run. And you got to respect people's boundaries, my friends, or else bad things happen. Chaos happens. If you don't respect people's boundaries, you begin to turn friends into enemies. Just ask my friend Vladimir Zelensky. He's the leader of Ukraine. They are literally at war right now because someone named Putin didn't respect his country's boundaries. And don't giggle. I realize that personal limits seem much different than geographical boundaries on Earth. I do realize that. But are they really? Why don't we ask FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried? FTX is the second biggest cryptocurrency exchange in the entire world. Please allow me to rephrase that. Until two weeks ago, FTX was the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the entire world. It was valued at $32 billion. That's a 31-year-old dude. 31 now. All right, who had who was in charge of billions of dollars. 31 years old. That's right. And all he does at the end say, I, I messed up. I'm sorry. And he was the richest 30-year-old in the world. They call him SBF, by the way. So when I say SBF, you know who I'm talking about. But now investors have a few new names to call him. And the new names don't include Child of God. They don't. The reason why is because FBF broke boundaries. He violated customer funds in a way that put the organization into bankruptcy. And he lost everything. But you can't blame him, really, can you? Because crypto is an entire industry built on the concept of breaking through regulations. And regulations are just boundaries. They're just boundaries that shouldn't be broken when you deal with other people's money. They should not be broken, excuse me, when you deal with other people's money. So now you have celebrities, Mac, and sports figures being sued because they were featured in commercials that pushed these cryptocurrency exchanges into the market. People saw Steph Curry and Tom Brady and Larry David on TV Telling them to buy cryptocurrencies. And guess what, Mac? 
Look, people bought them. We had this conversation previously. Just because someone else dives off a cliff doesn't mean you got to dive off a cliff. Just because Curry had this uh, this money and all the rest doesn't mean you had to have had it. That's true. But when you advertise something, you take responsibility when people use it. If I sell you a car and say this car is good, and you and the car the wheels fall off and you drive down a block, you can come back and sue me. And, and I'm going to get to the point here. Look, People yeah. bought these crypt cryptocurrencies not because they know what cryptocurrencies are. They bought them because Steph Curry was pitching them. They got them because Larry David was pitching them. They didn't know the celebrities were just pushing this stuff because the celebrities were getting a huge check because SBF was a billionaire and he was able to give Steph Curry millions of dollars to show up on TV. You know what I'm saying? So now the celebrities are getting sued and they can be sued. There's a case against these guys. Because they could have, st they they should have stayed in their lane. Let me Look, explain. You can sue a ham sandwich, okay? That's true. But if a celebrity sells you sneakers, you know what I'm saying? That's not going to ruin your life. You know what I'm saying? If LeBron James sneakers fell off your feet and caused you to fall and bust your lip, you you could actually sue him for that, because he's the one selling them. He's the one promoting them. He's the one that's making a profit off of them. Um, basketball players should be selling sneakers and soft drinks. Not stocks and bonds. There's a reason why the people you see advertising stocks and bonds are professionals. They know the industry. They didn't, they weren't just paid to show up and say, hey, I'm with Fisher Investments. Hey, want to buy some candy off me? You know what I'm saying? So whatever you sell, you're liable for. We have a, a case together, in fact, where someone bought something from Stop and Shop, right? Yeah. Stop and Shop didn't package it, yeah. but they sold it, so they're still responsible. Um, Larry David should not be selling currency on TV. And now these celebrities will probably pay a price for people taking their advice and being harmed as a result. They were working for a crook. This guy, SBF, was stealing people's money. Hey, know who else doesn't know boundaries very well? You might know this guy, Elon Musk. You know as well as I, he didn't really want to buy Twitter. He was just talking ish. You can't blame him. If everybody knew you were the richest person in the world with all the implications that go along with that, it would affect anybody's character to the same extent or to some extent. So he goes for months and months and mouths off on Twitter about how he can buy this company and fire everybody he wants to. Sort of like Dr. Mack at the local bar. <laughs> and what do you know? By the bar. At the local bar. And, and what do you know? It just so happens that the shareholders would very much like to get rid of this social media money pit called Twitter. And Elon Musk is just a fool to take it off their hands. For, for, for more than what it's worth. Now what? Twitter wasn't making money anyway. So he tried to get out of the deal and a Delaware court told him to go bite himself. You're welcome. My boy Elon should have stayed in his lane. Space and electric cars. Nobody is smart at everything. He was doing just fine. Now, now he's losing millions of dollars a day, a day on Twitter. Because in the end, in the very end, people love being uh, driving around in electric cars made by Elon Musk. People like the idea of space exploration with Elon Musk. But nobody wants to be harassed by skinheads on Elon Musk's social media site. Elon wants Twitter to be the epicenter of free speech. But the market tells us that nobody wants to be on a website with no boundaries. Did you know that, Matt? The biggest uh, social media websites, uh, the biggest one is TikTok, and it's the most censored.
Yeah, but look, look, look. Elon also has TV going, you know, and he's putting up these satellites. What happens if Elon uh, makes uh, uh, Twitter the, um, how would you say, the communication of, 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 of a primary resort with this TV station? The man is not dumb. Yeah, but like I say, nobody's smart at everything, right? Go ahead. So he came into the market, he knew batteries. He created a new battery. That's why he was able to do, uh, you know, um, his car company, his electric car company. That leaves my mind right now for some reason. Tesla. Tesla, that's right. And I actually want a Tesla. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I'm not against Elon Musk, but it's very clear that there was no plan behind getting Twizzler. I mean, Twitter. Twizzler. Twitter. There was no plan behind it. There was no marketing plan. His idea was to come in and whoever doesn't like him, fire them. And just run it as kind of his personal social media platform, you know? Sort of like Kanye West and Parler, which I've never been to, mm. you know? But I'm assuming the audience in social media loves the places where the boundaries are in place. That's why TikTok is worth more than Gab. And Facebook, by the way. TikTok is worth more than Facebook now. You know, people are talking about the downfall of Facebook now. I know you were never a fan. Never a fan. Why was that? I just can't, uh, I don't know, deal with it. Uh, it. It's too intrusive. It's almost like a virus on everything. Uh, every, every time I try to get into a program or do something, they want me to sign in with Facebook. Let's do Facebook this, you know, Facebook that. No, 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 no. Do not take away my option to choose, okay? And then you sign up for Facebook one time. And you can't get rid of it for the rest. You try and get rid, get, get Facebook off of your uh, computer or your phone. Impossible. Okay? I mean, that's when you know. Well, if you're not using it, I don't see why I get it off. It's so important. But I think the whole idea is that you download it. Right? You're supposed to download all your information off it because they're making it so you own your information now. So you're supposed to download your information off it and then you're, you're, you're truly gone from it. But, I mean... Really, all you have to do is not participate. You know, there's no such thing as privacy. You know, you know, you know what my solution for government intrusion is. I give them, I give them information overload. Well, I'm a contrarian, okay, and so therefore, when you try to sh listen, if you have something good, I'll try to steal it. You don't have to shove it down my throat. When you start shoving it down my throat, then I know we got a problem. No, I think what you felt was the fact that. Facebook was the first social media company to get over like 4 billion subscribers. Okay. And so when you have 4 billion people doing something, I, I felt the same about Amazon at first. I was like, well, why is everyone shopping at Amazon? It's actually not the cheapest anymore. But then I moved into an apartment where it was hard to get mail. And I realized that, you know, Jeff Bezos gets the package to you. He gets it to you. Really, they're a convenience company, right? Because really all they're doing is making sure that the planes get the package to you. That's something that the UPS seems not to be able to do, especially when there are a bunch of thieves around and ports, ports pirates and stuff like that. But I always get it, you know? So I'm like, nowadays, I don't mind paying the extra as long as I know I'm going to get it, right? With Facebook, it's just that everybody's on it. So all your friends are like, hey, get on it, get on it, get on it. So that's why everybody in the world was well, like, the you know. the difference between, if I may say quickly, between yeah, the U.S. Postal Service and, and Amazon is that the U.S. Postal Service will have control over that piece of mail or package yeah. or whatever it is from until it hits your box. That's not the case with Amazon. 
Amazon has what they call DSPs, which are at the end. Yeah. And if that package doesn't get to you, they make the DSPs in it, not Amazon. So my point is that the audience in social media, the free market has spoken. And the audience in social media loves the places where boundaries are in place. That's why TikTok is worth more than Gab. Yes. Moving on. Um, we do have a guest that we have to get to who definitely knows how to respect boundaries. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Dr. Denise Wunderler. She is my sister in spirit. We share a tragedy. Both of us have lost children to SUDC. For those who don't know, that sudden, unexplained death in childhood. Uh, Dr. Wunderler lost her beautiful daughter, Vienna, and I lost my son, Simon, um, with that terrible disease. But there's a difference between she and I. While I am still unable to deal with my crisis, she took her pen and used it to raise awareness, help others, and speak for her daughter in the wake of her tragedy. She does so through her wonderful charity. It's called Team Vienna for SUDC Awareness. Hello, Dr. Wonderler. Are you here with me right now? Can you hear me? Good morning, Jamal. How are you doing? It's been such a long time since we spoke, and happy belated birthday. What do you got for us today? I know that you're still working with your beautiful charity. Tell us what's new. Hi, well, thank you so much for having me again today. Well, I wanted to um, bring to light, so um, uh, Vienna's uh, fifth year, actually, uh, that she's been gone um, was on November 12th, which is so hard to believe. Yeah, um, and as you know, child loss is such a, a daily struggle, um, dealing with the grief of not having your child with you. Um, so that was five years on Saturday. So uh, with Team Vienna, our nonprofit, you know, we're working hard to educate the world. And actually recently, I want to tell you and your listeners that I was in Boston at the Heinz Convention Center uh, giving my full grand rounds lecture to hundreds of physicians um, there uh, about Vienna's story. And it's actually the largest audience at one time that I've had. So I'm very, very uh, honored and thrilled to have been able to present and then also, interesting at the South Pole Medical Clinic in Antarctica. I also. I hope you videotaped it. I hope you videotaped it, uh, uh, Denise. I hope you videotaped it, so maybe I can uh, post it on the page or something later on. But go ahead. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and then also at the Good Samaritan Hospital Medical Center in Long Island yesterday as well. So they invited me back. So I'm so so you know honored that people are actually inviting me back to lecture. And for those who don't know. What happened to my daughter, Vienna, she was almost three years old, and this was back in 2017, November 12th, where she fell asleep watching TV and stopped breathing, and she was two months shy of three years old. And everyone's heard of SIDS. SIDS are the babies who die less than one year old uh, with no explanation. And so essentially, this is part two of SIDS, which is called SUDC, Sudden Unexplained Death in Childhood. And this, this is the unexplained death of a child, teenager, adolescent uh, between 1 and 18 years old. So this is something that is not taught in medical schools, not well known anywhere in the world. So, you know, we're really doing our best to educate the world about this and about Vienna's story. And actually, actually, I hadn't heard about it until you brought it up to me and brought up uh, some of the, 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 the research that's been done about this. I had no idea that kids can die at 18 of this. Like, when you think of SIDS and SUDC, you think of young children. And you're the one that taught me that, you know, this is what more widespread than it seems. A lot of people have died of this, and there's no, there's no people that, there's no diagnosis. They think it's something else. You know, it's crazy out here. And I'm so glad you're out here doing this, right? Am I right? 
Thank you. Yes, no, you're absolutely correct. And, and I'm thankful for those few who are doing research. And one of the big ones is Robert's program at Boston Children's Hospital. So we're so, so happy that um, actually a friend of mine, who's another, sadly, another SDDC mom, introduced me to, to their program. And so we're working closely with them to, um, you know, get more money to them, essentially, you know, for research. So, um, so Team Vienna's our pet project for this show will always be tied together. What I want to do is uh, let you tell people where they can contact you, where they can find more information about your organization, maybe a phone number, and maybe they can donate like I did recently and, and follow my lead. So, and Jamal, thank you again also for, for your very generous donation. Um, so our website is www.vienna.com. Team, so that's my daughter's first name, B-I-E-N-N-A dot team, T-E-A-M. And my uh, email is teamvienna2018 at yahoo.com, and that's really the best way to get in touch with me. Um, okay. so, and I'm really um, willing and, and, and happy to um, help any family who is going through such a tragedy. Um, there's a lot of resources out there and other families who are dealing with similar experiences and that's something that you know my husband Mike and I didn't know when this happened to us we're both physicians never even heard of SUDC and thank goodness you know we were in touch then with other families who were experiencing the same thing knowing that we weren't alone so but I'm, I'm happy to help others who need um, who need the assistance and get them where they need to be wow you and your charity are just wonderful I'm hoping to hear from you, like, maybe right before Christmas with any updates you may have. Thank you so much for coming on and updating us. And thank you more for having the courage to take on a, a challenge that I know can't be easy because you're a personal sufferer. So thank you so much for who you are, Denise. And uh, I'm hoping that we'll meet again soon. All right? All right, all right. Um, let's get back to the show. Uh, I want to thank uh, to our guest. Now, I do believe I still have to... Kick the show off, so bear with me. Welcome to Saturday, my friends, the very next day of your life. This is the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent, live and on your favorite podcasting network. My name is Jamal. I'm an information junkie from Harlem, and I'm passing the fruits of my illness on to you. But it doesn't make you cough. It makes you contagious with love. As for me, I'm your listener guide, mostly along for the ride, coming straight through the Hartford studios of WKND, and I'm doing that live. Up until the day when Trump gets indicted, which could take a few minutes, unfortunately. Even with a special unfortunately, counsel. Thank unfortunately, thank God. Unfortunately. On this day, the revolution will be televised on Facebook and YouTube if they have any workers left to run the machine. Greetings to everybody in the studio, the Archbishop and Dr. Max, standing by my side like Kevin Durant did with Kyrie Irving. But for different reasons, yeah. of course. Now, we are on the radio live right now on WKND 97.5 FM and 1480 AM. But you can also hear us while leaving, using a live radio app on the internet. This is live radio, my friends. It's not just some stupid podcast. It may become just a stupid podcast. But when this station owner finally kicks me off the air, it'll be just that, but not today. Even though the day is still young, who knows what can happen. So it's been like two weeks since you've last heard my voice. The last time we talked, the theme was about leadership. That's up in the podcast universe right now and it's worth checking out. Today I'm here to remind us to respect the boundaries of others and ourselves. And I gotta be honest, I'm not the best at telling people what my boundaries are. I should learn better because that's how I start to feel taken advantage of. Everyone does. Nastly, let me just say this. Please know that my views do not represent the views of the station. 
when and not if you hear something like you don't like, do not blame the radio station. In fact, you can safely assume that the station agrees with you and is thoroughly disgusted. So save yourself the energy writing nasty letters. If you have something to say, you can just tell Dr. Knight to his face <laughs> when you see him in the street. Okay, tough guy? Be tough. He's a tough guy. Okay, folks, I'm going to respect your boundaries and give you a break. Of course, Jamal show commercial breaks do not include a commercial. Don't be ridiculous. What we do include is some independent music that you probably won't ever hear anywhere else, ever. So let's have at it. The song is called Seeds of Philosophy. It's by a group called Seeds of Labor, Meet Me on the Other Side of God. And I need some water. Sleeping today? So you need to go straight to the airport to fix me up. Okay, I'm not gonna eat first? No. Okay, you don't wanna be late. I'm just gonna pick up my bag. Okay, yeah, I Right. You on the edge of a sharp knife, don't get your heart stuck. It's equal to be, 
So we are back. Okay, that's right. Thank you. There you go. Thank you for reminding me. You know, you really have to believe in what that's you're doing in life. Those who are in you know, retirement are trying to get hard to stand. That's really the message that's of why this show. That's what this show is so all about. And we hope you believe cars. in the message as much as we do. They make some money. Which is why we're which hoping that you'll take this opportunity to support level. us. Please join us there. Consider buying us a bad. coffee. We need the caffeine to keep okay. this show running and to keep telling the truth, quite honestly. So why don't you join us and we'll give you a nice shout out on the next broadcast. Join us at coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com backslash the Jamal Show. We'd really appreciate any support you can give us. Thank you very much. Hello, 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 hello. Remember that from the uh, the Three Stooges, I think. Anyway, that song is called Caesar Labor. Um, excuse me, it's by Caesar Labor. It's called Caesar Philosophy, and you can find that tune on any streaming platform if you so please. Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, you choose. Support independent artists. This, that's what you should do. Now, moving on. The subject is boundaries, and the Democrats definitely broke some in the midterms by not losing a whole bunch of seats. In fact, Mac, they gained a seat in the Senate and a few governor mansions, a few governor mansions. And, man, I got to tell you. Well, this sets them up good for the presidential election when you talk about governor, okay? And it also sets them up good for when our boy, or should I say your boy, Clarence, retires. Yeah, I don't think Clarence, Clar he's talking about Clarence Thomas. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm sad to tell you that Clarence Thomas is not going anywhere. He's going to die on the bench because he's never going to get a better job than the one he has now. <laughs> so so uh, I'll just tell you from my experience and my opinion. But the subject's boundaries. And I've got to tell you about Joe Biden. It's the same old story with him. Same old story. They underestimate him. They tell him he's too old. They tell him he's senile. They call him Sleepy Joe to make up names. They make fun of how he gets confused on the stage. But that same Sleepy Joe has passed landmark legislation that the last five presidents haven't been able to pass. He's nominated more judges than any president in history. And he's only going to start again now that they have control over the Senate. He's not even done yet. He's created more jobs than any president in history, ten, over 10 million. In fact, J.P. Morgan is now saying that we may not even go into a recession as deep as they thought in the first place. I mean, Mac, you could talk about Uncle Joe's low polls all you want, but Uncle Joe's other numbers are strong. I'm beginning to think that these pollsters are polling the wrong people. <laughs> well, look, you know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They just call the people in Kansas, you know, <laughs> you know Tennessee, Tennessee and Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. They ain't calling nobody in New York. Really? No one in New York City. Um, and I always wanted to look in the polls. I always wondered about those because... You know, the, the rumor was that they were flooding the market with a whole bunch of Republican polls right before the midterms in order to convince people that they were going to be a red wave. But there wasn't much of a red wave, was there? Well, you pick the polls you want to see. I, I Personally, I like the Quinnipiac poll. 
Okay. Well, uh, because, well, they've been around for a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, also they're a Connecticut poll, and yeah, I understand yeah. where they're coming from. Maybe they're not. You know how to bring the money home. Yeah. And anyway, you know, I just want to say they're pulling the wrong people. Um, there was no red wave. We picked up a seat in. Uh, I'm a Democrat, so I'm saying we we picked up a seat in the Senate. That was nice. We picked up a few governors' mansions. That was nice. And we and, had a black governor in Maryland. And, and the thing that was really interesting is that. Uncle Joe Biden's polls are like before, below 40%. Now. Just now. So the question is, what is what is it that people are disagreeing with? Because it's not his policies. You know, they, they want to blame him for uh, they want to blame him for uh, inflation. But nobody wanted to give the money back when he was giving it out during COVID. No one was like, hey, you know, $800 is too much. I'm going to give some of this back to the government. Nobody said that. Everyone took the money. So everyone approves of his policies. I think it's the image um, it's of him not being a strong man. You know what I'm saying? People expect a strong man because they've seen Trump for four years. So they want a guy that just doesn't care about anybody. But that's not who Joe is. Anyway, here to help us discuss these results is a good friend of mine, Anthony Johnson. He's a former capital, excuse me, former criminal defense attorney turned political consultant. So yes, he did go to hell. And he just helped pass a big gun safety initiative in Oregon. And we're going to get to that. But first, let me bring on Anthony Johnson for some other issues. Now, Anthony, are you there? Can you hear me? Anthony. Tony. 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 Tony Johnson. 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 Tony. No. Okay, he might be on hold. Let me hold on for a minute. Um, once again, he's a criminal defense attorney. He's doing a lot of political consulting right now. And I want him to listen to something. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start playing it because I want all of us to listen to it. And the question is very, very simple. The question is very simple. The question is, what the hell is this? All right. Are you ready, Matt? Yeah, go, go. All right. Go, go. And he'll, he'll be on by the time we get back. You ever watch a stupid movie late at night hoping you're going to get better, don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway? Because the other night, the other night I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are cool people, are they not? But I'm going to tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I wanted to be a werewolf. But then, anyway, as I'm watching this movie, and let me tell you how stupid it is, because it's one in the morning. So I'm watching my TV, or these kids watching their TV, or a vampire kill on their TV. So you know it's kind of stupid, but I'm still watching, though. As I'm watching this show, what was funny, these kids had a vampire in their attic at their house. So they were watching their TV. Now, I'm watching my TV, and they're watching their TV, but they see the vampire killer on their TV. So they win this contest to bring this actor. Now, y'all got to stay with me. Bring this actor who's a vampire killer from that TV to get rid of this real-life vampire in that act. Got to have a steak and got to have a thing to, to kill him in the heart. And he got a necklace of garlic for that work. I don't know what it does, but it worked. Got to have a cross because it burned. I know that worked. It walked upstairs in this vampire looking real good in this black suit. He floated from the ceiling looking good and cool. And I'm thinking, whoa, they better get out of that house. And they jumped behind that hero. The guy jumped in front of him with this holy water, threw it on the vampire forehead. He covered his eyes. He took the cross and put it on the vampire forehead. And the vampire didn't even do anything. He said, that don't work. And that's the way it is in our life. It doesn't even work. Okay, so Dr. Matt. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, are you there? Anthony, are you there? Go ahead. We tried. Yeah, we tried. Well, um, Dr. Mack, uh, that was uh, Senate hopeful Herschel Walker, uh, um, past football player. Go ahead and hang up on that. He'll call back. Um, 
past football player. He was a great football player, in fact. I was living in Atlanta when he was a football player, and he was damn good. Um, appears to be not as good of a speaker. What, what's your take on that? Well, he does, you know, okay. All right, all right. I mean, he talks about what he knows, and you just, you know, he talks about what he knows. All right. Um, I mean, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> you know, he talks about what he knows. Do you, did you make anything out of that? No. You realize he, he actually went in front of a crowd and said that, um, and he wants to be senator, not not like football coach, senator of Georgia, right? Right. And and that's what he comes with. He has to. They want him to be there to cast a vote. That's so, all. You know, it, they don't give a darn about anything else but his ability to cast a vote. I thought you'd always want to be an intelligent now. I'm not trying to come down on a black man and say he's stupid, but this black man appears to be a little stupid, right? And and as in not intelligent, not as in you're talking about taking one too many hits, right? We can put aside the side. We can put aside the idea that he sounds like a a, a foot shuffling um, jigaboo, so to speak. Carpet bagger. Yeah, yeah. Let's carpet bagger. He sounds kind of stereotypical, but it's a little disturbing that he can't put a sentence together, like. I can't make anything of that story. Like, um, and that's disturbing to me. Like, listen to this. This is like... You ever watch a stupid movie late at night, hoping it's going to get better, don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway? Because the other night, the other I heard night this. I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some kind like, of... Like... So is he a running for Senate, or is he a stand-up comedian? Is that what you're saying? The stand-up comedian is Donald Trump. <laughs> and let's get to that for a minute, because he took a hit in the, in the uh, midterms, right? Yeah. One would say that he lost the midterms because half the people, you know, most of the people that he, he wanted to uh, help elect were turned down. I was even surprised that Kerry Lake lost out in um, Arizona. Well, no, no, no. Kerry has not conceded. Oh, she hasn't conceded She yet. has not. So don't, oh, don't be saying that again. Yeah, right. That means the election can't be over. Don't be the, saying The election's that. not over. <laughs> it can't right. be over. That's right. Conceded. She hasn't conceded. Even though she lost. Or, it, it, that, yes, neither here or there. I had no idea she would get less. <laughs> I mean, she's very charismatic hey. while she lies. Hey. She's, a, she's a good, lying, charismatic person. Um, and even more importantly, Katie Hobbs did not did not um, uh, what debate her. Right. Right? So that's a problem. That was a problem with me, even. I'm like, why don't you debate her? She was scared. Looks like Katie Hobbs still pulled it through. Well, what, you know, her opponent said, why should I give her uh, publicity? You know, why should I go on? And, and which is interesting, you know. Yeah. I mean, just ignore them. And that, that, I think, is going to be the way to treat these people who are deniers. I mean, don't give them the air. Okay? Right. So... So Trump, he decides to run right after the midterms. He has this thing at Mar-a-Lago, very similar to his first um, um, campaign announcement back in 2015. Um, and he locks these people in a room. In you noticed that. Yeah. You notice that? Yes. So, yeah. They were invited there for something else. And next thing you know, he throws on that I'm running, and and everybody looks like they came there because of his announcement. For the free food, right? right. So, it's really funny because um, you can tell they've been locked in. It looks like the world's biggest like hostage crisis. It looks like a kidnapping, right? And he doesn't look very happy. I, I have to ask you, why do you think he's doing this? What? Oh. He's trying. Trump is, is 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 playing the game of intimidation. You know, if you're gonna come after me, 
all right, then you go, let's see what, let's see you come after me as a candidate, all right, as an ex-president, former president, I should say, all right, while I'm running. And uh, I think that uh, Garland is saying, is going to uh, play his cards and say, yeah, all right, here, I'm bad enough to do it. I mean, he, he, he's got a special prosecutor coming. He's lining everything up so that it is going to be a solid come at you with Trump. Well, you know what I don't understand? I don't understand why he would have do this for another reason, though, because this is going to be, look, this is all, this Trump stuff is all worth it. You know why? For entertainment value. We all know he's a great stand-up comedian, right? Right. How do you think he's going to be doing on a stage with Mike Pompeo, <laughs> with his own staff? With his own staff, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence is supposed to be running. WKND. So, literally, they're going to be on stage telling him, you suck and we work for you, so we know you suck. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be like, no, I don't suck. We got you now. And I want to run with you. Well, you know, it's going to be interesting because his staff is not going to be naive this time. You know, once once burned, twice worn. And so, therefore, you know, when they're not going to put up with a lot of the dumb stuff that uh, Trump had been doing as he runs again. And Trump is going to be without one of his most valuable advisors. Right. His right. daughter. Right, that's his, right. His, his daughter, his daughter's daughter has decided not to be involved in politics anymore. Um, right. or, or that's the story. No. I do believe we have Anthony Johnson on. Anthony, can you hear me this time? Tony. Anthony, Tony. You can't hear me. Nope. See, James. Oh, James, James, you called earlier. All right, James, hold on for a minute. We're bringing you in the next segment. Well, Sorry to have you hold. But, James, you know what? You no, know what? No, I, 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 I want to ask you a question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you on. Come on. Give us the pen. All right? Somebody called here earlier, right, and left a really important message, and we need you to help us to decipher this message, all right? So I need you to listen closely, all right? You ready? Ready? Here's the message. You ever watch a stupid movie late at night, hoping it's going to get better, don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway? Because the other night, the other night I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are cool people, are they not? But I'm going to tell you something. That you heard that? Vampires are cool people. Vampire? Did you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire. So this is um, the man who's going to be the next senator in, in Georgia, Georgia. according to him. Um, uh, a great football player back in the 80s. His name is Herschel Walker. And uh, I, I'd like you to make some sense out of that message. I mean, does this make sense to you? Yeah, watch it. Yeah, listen, listen. Night, hope it's going to get better. Don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway. 90 <laughs> seconds, brother. Night, Stay with me. Night, I was watching this movie. I was watching this movie called Fright Night. Go ahead. Lay it on. Let, 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 listen for a little longer. See if you can make some of it. Vampires and cool people. There's some cool people. people. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I wanted to be a werewolf. But then, anyway, you got you got the point, right? Now, that was a great answer to that story, but I did not know what it, what it I, did, I had no idea where it was going. Where was it going, James? You tell me. You're a smart guy here. It, it, it's all about part of just taking the voters for granted. You know what I mean? Like, we could just put up anybody who's going to say anything as long as they're cool with Donald Trump. You know, Herschel Walker is one of those guys. Now, like I told you before, for me, um, you know, he's got a country voice and country accent and stuff like that. But it's, I, I agree with Dave Chappelle in terms of, like, you can't really make light of Herschel Walker without using 
these well-worn, like stereotypical, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tropes that have been used against, against them, black you know males. What I'm saying? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, he does not sound smart. He's not a very smart. Sound but he fits the stereotype so well. But but. He, Say it again. Say that again. But he fits the stereotype so well, Jermaine. I mean, he fits it so well. I mean, I, I, I promise you guys, go look up Foot Shuffling Negro right now in the dictionary. And, I mean, Jesus. I mean, and, and, and Dr. Mack would know more about that because he's more familiar with these, these stereotypes, right? Stephen Fletcher, right? Yeah, right? So, and the, the thing you have to remember, I guess, what you're trying to say, Jimmy, on the good side, is that he's not trying to be that. Like, he's not going out like, I'm going to be the most footsteppingest Negro out here. I got a jig and everything. He's not trying to do that. He was sitting next to Lindsey Graham when Lindsey Graham was talking, and he had his shoulders hunched. Go back and watch that. Okay. And his shoulders are hunched, and he's sitting, like, hunched over. Go ahead. Like, kind of like in a, in a yes -um kind of position. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. No, don't. Yeah. No, oh, no, oh. no. Like, you almost expected Lindsey Graham to, like, touch him on top of the head. And oh. Oh, no. Ah, this is one of the good ones, you know? Yeah. But the thing that's amazing to me is that they couldn't find somebody else. And you know what? You got to put this on the plate of Donald Trump. Is Do this not before or after Lindsey Graham cried? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so uh, condescending to black people. They were like, okay, hey, we know that Raphael Warnock's a black guy, so we're going to put up another black guy. That way you can vote for this guy. And because you all... Don't, you're, you're all dumb. Hey, we'll put up a guy who plays football. You love football, don't you? Yeah. And hey, football. Look at Churchill Walker. Football is you important. Know, that, that was kind of the logic behind that. And it worked with Tommy Tuberville in yes. Alabama. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Tommy Tuberville didn't even apologize for saying that black people were criminals like a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he was just like, well, I said it. I said it. But let's talk about Speaker Pelosi right quick. No, no, real, real quick. Tell me about when we're on Georgia. Tell me about the, uh, what happened to Tracy. Stacy, excuse me, Stacy. What do you think happened to Stacy Abrams, man? Man, I don't know because she lost by a lot. Yeah, a lot. Um, I don't know, but I know this: she helped bring about this whole thing. That again, is, again, you know, um, she not brought the mail ballot itself, but the machine mm -hmm. that we have for generating votes. So it seems like so many times black women carry the load, and then they get dropped. And that's what I think happened to Stacey Abrams. Well, you know, you... the infrastructure that we used to win those two seats in Georgia, and she showed the way forward in terms of how to galvanize black folks. Like, she had this one initiative that was just about, um, she had a whole bunch of lawyers assigned throughout Georgia. Yeah. Just helping people who had been convicted right. of felonies. Right, right. Because I forgot, I think seven out of ten people who had been convicted of felonies could still vote. Right. If they did this, this, and this, right. and she just had people going out to help those guys fill out their paperwork, right? Like she did so much to help Warnock be where he is, and John Ossoff. I don't know what happened with her. Well, I can just say this: she got she got caught up in in the whole Trump thing in a way, and this is what I mean by that. Her governor Kemp was one of the only governors that's a Republican that supported Trump that did not go for the big lie. He was like, oh no, no. 
yeah, yeah, I like Trump, you know, I voted for Trump, but he's lying and I'm not going to go for that. And every governor that, that refused Trump's big lie won. Gretchen Whitmer won. Every governor that refused to lie won. And, 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 and Brian Kemp is popular in Georgia. He's got that Georgia accent. If you're white, if you're white in Georgia, or even a moderate black in Georgia, you don't mind Brian Kemp. You know what I'm saying? You don't mind Brian Kemp. And then he has these talking points, right? Like, she's right about voters being disenfranchised in Georgia. But the plain fact is, the plain fact is that more voters voted in Georgia um, than ever before. So when you have stats like that, like, yeah, it, there was still disenfranchisement, though. It's just hard to make that argument when there was more voters that voted in the last election. Yeah. So every time she came out and said voters were disenfranchised, they were like, look at the numbers, man. You, you're, you're, you're out of touch. And I know what she was talking about. It's like saying that, you know, if you say less black people were killed by cops this year, that doesn't mean black people weren't killed by cops. You know, that doesn't mean black people weren't disenfranchised. But someone can still make you seem ineffective by saying, hey, but, hey, a thousand less black people were killed this year. That's definitely progress. Well, it's progress if there weren't more black people interacting with cops. There's a lot of different things with, with statistics, right? Statistics don't lie. But what, what, what do they say? They say there's, um, there's lies, there's damn lies, and then there's statistics, You're right? right. <laughs> and, and there's another part of Stacey Abrams. I think that she didn't go as a happy warrior. Um, Stacey Abrams, if, if you're, a, if you're a, a, a white bread person and you see Stacey Abrams coming on a block with her kind of talk and the way she carries herself, I can see some people being scared of her. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I was, if I was Stacey, if, if I was Stacey Abrams opponent, I would be scared. If I was, I had to run against, yeah. You know, strong black women, period. I'll tell you this much. Being in D.C., um, Stacey Abrams has made herself in terms of a career. Oh, Basically, she's going to be the hot new heavyweight consultant I think, that you need if you're in any kind of Democratic national politics. I think Stacey Abrams... Set up at a, right. She'll set up a think tank, a, a liberal think tank, or um, you know, a consult, consulting firm like what Kelly and Conway does. Right. And um, she'll just make people. So... On the public side, yeah, it's unfortunate she lost and everything like that. But if you look at her credentials and you look at what she could do from the inside, yeah, every candidate for the next, I don't know, 20, 30 years that comes out of the South that's a Democrat is going to need her machine. You know what I mean? And let me just tell you, I think she should have run for senator instead. I, didn't, I never thought now she was going on. Now we're on the topic with where I think that she should be she going to. She should identify a house seat and go after it because it, she can define the boundaries and the group of people better than the entire state. Right? She can win a house seat. I disagree. I think a house seat would be too small for her. We're talking about a woman. If Stacey Abrams waited till three in the morning and broke into the White House this morning, like tomorrow morning. Biden would wake up and say, hey, we got a crook. We got, we got to get the Secret Service. And he'd see her and say, oh, welcome. <laughs> welcome. We didn't, know you didn't, we didn't know you didn't have a key already. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She, Power players yeah. behind the scenes. Like, you remember Trent Lott? Remember him long yeah. ago? Yeah. Remember the white guy Trent Lott? Yeah. From like Tennessee or whatever? He had an issue when he celebrated Strom Thurmond's 100th birthday. Yeah, yeah. Remember and that guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying that 
see making buku dollars, man. Like working a boutique firm, you know, all where raising funds, dealing with lobbying, you know. Jimmy with the Jimmy with the it. Well, Jim, Jimmy with the age references, I didn't even know we were using the word buku anymore. Um, <laughs> this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a break and bring you back in because I know you have a book you want to talk to us about. And we want to give you a, your fair answer. Yeah, it's on this topic and I want to get into it. So let's go ahead and play a song. Why don't you hold a, on? A, give us a minute. Yeah, go give ahead. us a couple minutes to play a song yeah. that you might like. In fact, listen to it because I know you like old school hip hop. All right, and we'll get right back to you. Hey, people, we're giving you a break, so why don't we get into the song now? All right, my man? Give me some more water. That was a nice transition. I'm glad you called earlier. Yeah. And the other guy didn't get me call. Yeah, I think something must have happened. I'll talk about This is my only recording of it today. It's still against the place to speak, isn't it? Life is for the living here at the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent. The last piece of music is called High Again. 
It's on an African compilation album called The Lounge, and the rapper is Joe Legendary. All right, tell me about this book, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The book. The booker. All right, see, because usually you do like this nice little... Oh, yeah, you know what, you know what, yeah, you know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot, Mac, Mac is drunk I'm again. Mac is drunk again. That's why they all Let me go into my thing. See? Jimmy is a special kind of person. You know what I mean? He reads a lot of books. Sometimes, every now and then, without us even asking, Jimmy tells us about the books he reads. And damn it, he makes us want to read those books, too. So I thought I'd do us all a favor and bring my old friend Jimmy to the Jamal Show audience. He's going to help us make us all a little bit more intelligent. And you know what? He does deserve an intro song. I'm going to play that right now. Uh, let's see. Is it going to be this one? No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no. No, no. You didn't sound it on us now. There we go. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jimmy demands his full red, red right. carpet, and he gets it. Jimmy, may I say, may I Cooper, may I Cooper, may I Maxima Cooper. What book do you have us for us today, young friend? Old friend. Okay, the book of the day is called Thanks for Your Servitude, and it's by Mark Leibovitz. I can't a believe you actually room, read that. Book, Green Room, that was a very popular book a little while ago. So Thanks for Your Servitude is a book about the Donald Trump years. But what Leibovitz does is he has an extraordinary access to a lot of these people. He was interested not in another analysis of Donald Trump, because we've heard those for, for ad nauseum. He was interested in what makes the people who, who helped Donald Trump tick. What makes those people, people like Lindsey Graham, people like Kevin McCarthy. So he did extensive interviews with these guys. And basically, Leibovitz is talking from like a political and an intellectual standpoint. But when I read the book, what I heard, it's almost biblical. These people literally sold their souls to the devil. Like people like Lindsey Graham. People like Kevin McCarthy, people like Mitch McConnell. Donald Trump, if you look, if you <clears throat> add a little bit of religion in it and look at it from a religious standpoint, it's really very much like those old parables that you would hear about the devil, how the devil comes and has people sell their souls to him. Just, and you would wonder, like, wait, how can you sell your soul to Satan? Just call you know, it how can you do that? What it is. Just call it what it is, Jimmy. It's an antichrist. Antichrist. Jim? Is, is what? The Antichrist. Yeah. I mean, and, and you don't even have to literally call him that. It's like a, it's, it's a metaphor. Trump is a metaphor for what it takes, and that's why the book is so interesting, what it takes to sell, to get people to sell themselves. Like, Lindsey Graham, all he wanted to do was be near power. Well, that's what Leibovitch concludes. Let me just... So if you look at the way Lindsey Graham is acting around Donald Trump, it's the same way he used to act around John McCain. Like, he simply finds a strong person and then sucks up to that person. That's, Just so he... that's interesting. That's interesting that um, um, Dr. Mack mentions the Antichrist, which kind of gives away his age a little bit. And if a guy came in here and asked... I'm going to shoot the Catholic. He wouldn't have a hard time finding out who that was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but, yeah, so I, it's hard for me to use religious references when dealing with Trump because we know that we're dealing with a cultist here, like the leader of a cult, kind of like a fascist leader here. So hey, you kind of we kind of play into it by calling him the Antichrist in a way. They're like, yeah, we knew you called him that. 
You know what I'm saying? That's what everyone, all you think, that's what you thought of them the whole time. You hate them. They play off that. They play off emotion. Let me just say this. Um, the thing that's most striking about after the midterms is that the, the, the Republicans are literally making their agenda not fixing roads, not like lowering cost of prices. Their big thing was going after Hunter Biden. That baffles me. I mean, I'm just like, half the country don't even know who Hunter Biden is. And the other half don't care. And I'm just like, you're going to use your announcement now that you have the house. Does not, not say, hey, our roads need to be fixed. Hey, we need to make sure everyone has broadband. Hey, we need to make sure that government's not big anymore and, and, and infringing on people. Their number one thing that they had to get out, they couldn't wait, was... Oh, we got to do something about Hunter Biden. Right. We're going to go after, we're going to investigate Biden and his son. It's going to work. They've identified something. They've identified that about half of the American public is susceptible to false information. And half the American public is willing to get angry off of false information. So the Hunter Biden thing is simply to flood the zone with things that could potentially be uh, conspiracy and a lot of false stuff. Hunter Biden has been married three times. I think he's married to the the wife, the widow of his brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so there's yeah. stuff that they're just going to flood the zone with that stuff. And then meanwhile, they're saying QAnon and Joe Biden as a Satanist and eats children and all of that. And what it's going to do is it drives up the anger, it drives up the confusion, and it, it softens the way for this misinformation. See, coming from East Africa, I've seen this playbook. This is how dictators do. They soften up the ground with a lot of this. So you're going to hear a lot of salacious, ugly stuff. And some say, like Hunter Biden married the widow of so, his brother. Well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That is a fact. Well, if we can go back to the old... We can go back to the Old Testament, my man. I mean, that's to what we've been told we're supposed to do when you're when you're um, when 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 your brother dies. You're supposed to take care of his wife. <laughs> the gunman is looking for the Catholic and has now found him. <laughs> go ahead. All right. All right. We are. We no, are, go, ahead, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Finish your last sentence. We're running out of time. My belief structure, if my brother passes on, I'm supposed to marry his wife. Those are the kind of things they want you talking about because that's a lot of people are going to be turned off by something like that, right? And so, therefore, that's easier to talk about than fixing roads because uh, that is going to bring down Joe Biden. All right, we, we got to go. I'm leaving my, 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 my listeners with one message really quick. Listen very closely. You ever watch a stupid movie late at night, hoping it's gonna get better, don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway? Love you, Jimmy. See Jimmy, you in two weeks, great. man. It was great, Jimmy. God bless you. Talk Bye. to you, buddy. Love y'all listeners, man. See y'all in two weeks. Sorry, we went over. <laughs>